What up, Love Quest Nation? You are listening to our latest episode of the Good Life Support Group, recorded live at our beautiful location in Vancouver, BC. So come on in and join the conversation led by our founding and lead pastor, Pastor Terrence Richmond. Enjoy. Um, I just want to say something just outlandish. Um, uh, there's a difference between a stronghold and a demon. And some of the things that you're asking to be delivered from, you actually can be free if you just renew your mind. The devil is not as powerful as you giving him credit. Some of us just got a thinking issue. Some of us just have a rebellious issue. Some of us just have a stubborn issue. It ain't the devil. The devil laughs at us when we just sit there blaming stuff on him. We blame God and we blame the devil for too much stuff that's us. It ain't God was late. You just wasn't on time. It ain't, it ain't the devil was, was evil. No, you evil. Did he, just say, did he just say to call people evil? Absolutely, we got evil ways. We absolutely do have evil ways, evil tendencies. And the devil will take advantage of ignorance. For my people perish for lack of knowledge. You didn't know you was already free. So you wonder how you could be saved and still on fire. And you didn't realize that because you have stepped into Jesus Christ, you actually stepped into the ability to walk out of your prison. Not run from the devil, walk out of your prison. See, the first step is not running from the devil. The first step is to draw close to him, the Lord, and he will draw close to you. He didn't say run from the devil. He said resist the devil. Some stuff you're running from, you just need to say no to. No. And it's okay if you say, I really want to. But what? No. Oh, that looks so good. But no. You look good tonight. But no. I could just knock the edge off with this, this little drink, with this little molly, with this little snort of coke with this extra job opportunity, but what? No. It takes a lot of energy to run from something that's been defeated. I'm here to let you know tonight, we're going to start off the top. You are free indeed. Now, if you haven't received Jesus, then that's a whole other ballgame. But I will say that you are safe right now in this moment, in this moment. At the end, we're going to give you an opportunity. Last week, we had, what, nine people, ten people receive Jesus for the first time verbally. Yeah, amen. That's very important. I've been to many churches here, and many people don't have altar calls. Y'all, please, everybody leave this church if we don't have altar calls. You have to give people an opportunity to respond. 
to the word that they heard. The greatest miracle is not a leg growing. It's not the lame walking. It's someone giving their life to Jesus. Miracles, and then we stunt people. They want to lead a faith because we prayed for them and told them God was going to grow that leg. And then they're like, why, God, why am I still in this wheelchair? And maybe the greatest miracle is that you actually have the joy of the Lord in the wheelchair. Not necessarily you get out, but you show people that being in the wheelchair has not crippled my hope. It has not crippled my joy. Having to take medication for a little while to handle something scientifically is not identifying me, but I still got joy while I'm believing to get off this medication. See, you got to have that while I'm faith. While I'm working through this bad marriage, while I'm working through this illness, while I'm, I still believe God. Right. Say he could do it. Last week we talked about contending together, correct? Did we do that? The week before, do you remember what we talked about? Woven together, woven together, how he has woven us together. Um, and then after that, it was contending together because I didn't want to just call this a support group and just, just talk about anything. And although the whole Bible is a support group, um, it, it talks about everybody that needed help, which is everybody. Amen. But I really want to just try and jar at your mind and I want to have some conversation and I want to hopefully send you home stirred up in a good way. Do you know being stirred up in a good way doesn't always feel good? You just slipped up in here and now all of a sudden you're thinking about something and you're like, oh my God, let that go, God. Like how do, who told, did you tell, do you asking your friend that invited you to church, did you tell pastor about that? No, the Lord told on you because he loves you. So you're going to hear some stuff today. We're going to come down your street. We're going to get in your phone book. We're going to come down your, your roll. And you're going to hear some stuff. And maybe you've heard it for the hundredth time. If you heard it for the hundredth time and you haven't changed yet, you have to really check yourself. Because the Lord is actually trying to get you to hear something. And he loves you so much. And your call is so great. Your call is a hundred times that important to God, that every Sunday he keeps bringing it up for the last two years, and you keep on saying that's for somebody else. No, it's for you. How about tonight you take every word for you, not your auntie, not your neighbor, not your spouse. Just take every word for you. Say for me. Tonight we're going to talk about approaching together, approaching together, approaching together, approaching. Say approaching together. Let me help everybody right here. Everyone is approaching a storm. Even if you're in one, when you come out of this one, guess what? You're on your way to your next one. Everyone is approaching an end, an expiration date. Everyone is approaching the grave. Everybody. That's one thing we got all in common. No one in here knows when that day is going to be. Okay? Everyone is approaching a storm. Say everybody. Approaching together. 
how beautiful is it that we get to approach the storm together? Some people choose, Andrew, to approach life alone, independent spirit. Independent spirit wants you in the middle of the sea by yourself. But that's not how God made it. We're approaching it together. Matthew 7 says it this way. So everyone, say everyone, that's saved, unsaved, that's, that's short, that's tall, that's black, that's white, that's, that, that's whatever, that's everybody. Say everybody. So everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them. So you can't only hear, you also have to what? Act. Upon them, obeying them will be like a sensible, prudent, practical, wise man or what? Woman who built his or her house up on the rock. Right now we're talking about everybody. Say, that's me. And look at your neighbor and say, if you don't act stuck up, he talking about you too. He talking about you too. He talking about you too. <laughs> so everyone who hears these words. So the first step for everyone is to what? First step for everyone is to what? Hear. And I know as a young kid, that's one of my biggest issues. You ever hear somebody agree with you, but they didn't hear you? You know how you know they didn't hear you? Because they do opposite of what y'all agreed to do. They give you the, the eye contact. They even walk away and be like, I got you, I got you. And then they do something that clearly show you they ain't got you. You don't got me if you don't hear me. You're not in covenant with God if you don't hear God. He loves you. But every, 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 every act of God in your life, if you don't listen to God, is a rescue mission. You never step into the blessing. You're always getting rescued. I don't know about you and I don't know who I'm talking to, but some people came in here tonight always feeling like they're trying to get out of something. I know I'm not tripping. I lived that life for years where I'm always trying to get out of something. I'm always trying to get by. I'm always, it seemed like, like, like I never can, the, the sun can never crack through the clouds. I'm just getting by. I'm getting over. But that's not why Jesus died for you. Just get by. Just to get by. Just to get by. Just to get by. by, by, by. Stop. Stop. Michael didn't know that one. Michael didn't know it. Amen. <laughs> yeah man I gotta do some stuff you don't know cause you know a whole lot of stuff I like to see greatness stuck, stuck, stuck for a moment right it's, it's good it's good it shows your, your, your humanity Amen. but it says first you gotta hear but then the second step is to what Awesome, awesome. Now we're going to say that together. The first step is to what? The, the first step is to what? Second step is to what? 
I want to change it. I think the first step is to realize he's talking to you. Because <laughs> he says, and isn't it crazy how sometimes we think that ain't for us? You go to church on Sunday, that's for them. Or you get that word and you automatically think, think about who you wish was at church. No, who needed to be at church is where? At church. So tonight, you, everything is about you. Everything is about who? You. Don't think about nobody else who you wish would have heard this. Don't write no notes and text nobody. So the first step is to realize that he's talking to me. Then the second step is to what? Hear. And then the third step is to what? Act. He'll be like a sensible person who built his house upon the rock, something solid. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house. What house? The house who was built properly. The house that was built properly. The house that went to church, heard the word, acted on the word, Walk in the blessing, the flood and the storm still came to that house. I'm telling you, this word is for what? Everybody. Stop thinking blessed folks don't go through storms. Blessed folks, covenant folks, just know how to walk through storms. Blessed folks, anointed folks, covenant folks, sons, they know who's in the storm with them. They're not trying to go through life and go through storms on their own. Yes. I also found out blessed folks who abide in him. Sometimes you don't know they're going through a storm because they don't complain about it. They're not looking for people to, they're not just telling everybody having pity parties. Right? It says, that house and yet did not fall. That house did not fall. Which house didn't fall? Number one, the person that realizes that the word was what? For their house. Number two, the, the second, this person, the person that what? Hears. And then the third, what? That acts. That house experienced a storm, but it didn't fall. Because something about them didn't realize that they was an exempt from storms. You ain't so you ain't so saved, and that's the kind of Christianity we have sold sold to the world. Get saved, and you have just bought your insurance for a storm-free life. And then folks get saved, and all that warfare hit their house, and they like, "What the heck? I was better off in the club. I ain't experienced nothing like this. <laughs> At least when I was smoking, I could forget for a minute." You got me, you got me saved. You got me not smoking no more. You done took away all my crutches. I'm out the club, and now what I'm supposed to do? Go to Bible class in the storm? Go to a small group in the storm? Alpha in the storm? <laughs> I'm tired of hearing pray about it. I know how some of y'all think. I told you we're coming down your street. Some of y'all don't even want to pray about it. Because you like, for what? For what? Let me tell you something. There's not a prayer that God don't hear. 
But there are prayers you pray that you do not respond with a corresponding action. If you're really believing for something, you have to put the actions behind what you're believing for. If you're believing for freedom, you actually have to act free. <laughs> because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine, I don't know why I like the Bill Cosby voice, the like, and everyone who hears these words of mine <laughs> and does not do them, everyone who what? Come on, everyone who what? Hears. Do you notice the second group of people, they're not about to fall because they didn't hear? It's even worse when you hear and you don't act. You might as well stop coming to church and stop hanging around spirit-filled people if you don't want to hear from God. And you might as well close your eyes because God could use anything. If he could use a donkey, he could use anything to speak to you. So don't think because you stopped going to church, God can't speak to you. <laughs> if he got to talk to you on that spent out car on the highway, if he got to talk to you on your gurney bed, if he got to talk to you on your deathbed, God's going to get your attention before you take your last breath. But I am committed. He will, I will not go to heaven in a gurney. He won't have to talk to me on my back with tubes tied up to me. Mm -mm. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them, and does not what? Do them. One more time, and does not what? Do them. So you heard? You, you heard. You came to church because you like, there's something at church for me. And then you heard what's for you. And then you walked away and what? Don't do them. You spend all week reasoning. What you come to church for to get more debate material? Are you really spending your Sunday to criticize how things are done? Really? Are you really coming to church to bash the man of God, the, how loud or low the sound is, or to critique a post? Or what? Are you really, is that really what you heard? So instead of acting on the word, you're trying to break the word down to deal with some type of insecurity within you. And you wonder why the word is not fruitful for you. You're one of four grounds that the word was sown in. And it's not good ground. It's thorns. It's rocky. It didn't get into your heart. And then there's the group that gets excited. You heard the word. You received the word. But there was no roots in you, so you didn't last. No, I'm here to tell you, you don't go to church for one, one little time. And no, you see, when, if you in this house tonight, God's plan was not you become a visitor. If love quest ain't for you, guess what? Please, boo-boo, find you a church. Because once, listen, I don't care if you have not been to church in five years and this is your first time back. The Lord did not bring you in here for you to become a visitor of the body of Christ. You now actually have a responsibility to do what? Act. <laughs> and he says, this is what the Bible said. I promise I didn't erase no words and replace nothing, but it said, and does not do them will be like a stupid. A stupid. 
foolish man who built his house up on the sand, on philosophy, on what you think and what you feel. Let me tell you, your feelings, you ready? Your feelings are sand. Your feelings cannot keep you, nor can your feelings give you anything stable to stand on. That's why your feelings have fooled you up until this point. I don't care how I feel. If, if how I feel don't align up with the word of God, guess what? My feelings got to take a back seat. No, 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 no. I changed that. You got to get your feelings out the back seat because they're still reachable. You got to open the door and get your feelings on the side. And what? Ski skirt. Remember last week? Everybody remember what ski skirt is? Ski skirt. Say ski skirt. What was that? Ski? No, ski skirt. Not ski. <laughs> Troy gave you that Winnipeg ski skirt. He's like, we don't ski skirt Winnipeg. Amen. No, let me tell you, I, I, can, I can talk how I'm talking because I've been stupid. I've been all up in my feelings. I've been super insecure. I've been thinking people against me. I've been trying to be like that person instead of being like who God called me to be. I've tried to tear people. To, I've done that. I've badmouthed people because I was too afraid to be the great that God called me to be. I couldn't stand other people having their joy and I ain't received I've been there. I've been stupid. I've been not listening. I grew up in church and still went and smoked weed after church, went to the club, drank smoke. I've been there, thought I was cool, had swag, and couldn't handle rejection. I've been there trying to fit in. So I'm not talking nothing new. This is the type of stuff they don't teach you in Bible college. This is, this is why they can't, you, you, you teach you this, but then I'm talking about practical stuff. I'm all in your role. You big man, you strong man, and but but man, you gotta be tired having to be that out there. You work in places where you can't be broken. Think of that: eight hours a day minimum, six days minimum a week. You have to be strong when you're not, and you surrounded yourself with people you can't even really be truthful with. Bro, I'm 6'9 and scared. I ain't cried in all know how long. Whatever it may be, I'm still hurting. I'm angry my daddy wasn't there. I'm mad at how my dad mistreated my mom. My mama left me. We can't, we, when the last time you've had those? I, I lost a baby. I, I'm, I failed in college. I, I was a dropout. I was a heroin addict. Like, like, have these real conversations that will set you free. You ain't free till you can talk about your bondage. And you come around, I'm tired of it, sizing up with men and what's up with it, T-P-T, and all this, and you won't let me into your heart to help you out, be, be the man you're supposed to be. Stop being a fake man. Stop finding your identity in swag. Swag without Jesus had you swerving in a minute. And I refuse to have a church where folks know you don't run around telling everybody your business. But once you've heard, man, come on. He 
because you, when you don't understand, when you live a life of rebellion, you become a wolf in sheep clothing. And you find yourself around innocent people and that bitterness, that anger, that whatever it is bleeds in. Eventually, you have a lunch with somebody, you start off good, you got them in, and eventually you have conversations and you pull people in because you're, you're trying to poke at people to see if they feel like you. Try to find agreement on what you think. Man, if, if you, and I tell this to anybody, if you are not at a church where you could totally be broken and you could totally surrender to what God is doing, you need to kick rocks. That's a good pastor right there. It's a bad trainer that's going to keep training you and, you not, and the trainer not helping you. The trainer going to say, well, maybe my services, I'm not the trainer for you. A good pastor going to say, man, I'm not here to keep you in the pews. I need you to go and grow. And if I can help you find a church, let us help you. But don't stay here stinking up the place because you're going to get called out. Not because we're calling you out. We just want to see you free. If you stay around, we actually care about your freedom. We actually care about your freedom more than your tithe. See, we know once you get free, you don't have a problem giving. So do we work on you giving or do we work on your freedom? We actually really care about your freedom. And I know we're in a culture that only cares about your ability. That's why them commercials is geared for you to get a certain body. Tell me the last commercial you saw about a soul. That soul commercial. The only commercial I seen about a soul was the first coming to America, Soul Glow commercial. So let your soul glow. Let it shine through. <laughs> Feeling all so silky smooth. <laughs> Here's the word. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and it beat against that house. Did it beat against one house or did it beat against both houses? And that house what? Fell. Here's the crucial part. And great and complete was the fall of that house. What is complete? Rock bottom. Let me tell you, you do not have to hit rock bottom. No one in here ever has to hit rock bottom. But if you don't take heed when wisdom is crying in the streets, Proverbs says wisdom is crying in the streets. How does wisdom get to the point of crying? I don't think wisdom started off crying. I think wisdom started off, hey, you shouldn't go to that party. Hey, want to think about going to that party? Hey, you want to go get some ice cream tonight? Want to get some ice cream? Hey, it's a new movie came out tonight. Let's watch the movie. 
By the time wisdom begins crying, you're headed for serious danger. How do you know in the spirit realm wisdom is crying? You ready for this? In the spirit realm, how do you know wisdom is crying? This is very important for everyone. You know wisdom is crying when you keep hearing the same warning. Consistently, over and over, and the thing you don't want to happen is you don't hear that warning again. The thing you don't want to happen is when God gives the pastor permission to stop warning. When God gave my grandma permission to stop fighting for my mother the way she was fighting for my mother. We always pray for people. But there comes a point where you actually have to physically remove yourself out of people's way. Because let me tell you, whether they tell you or not, you're the reason why they're not as close to Jesus. Wisdom is crying when it seems like no matter what, once a week at least, I keep hearing run or turn or no. Take heed. And I've been in many places. I ended up in jail because I didn't listen to wisdom. And I'll say this. God is not responsible to say it louder. God's not responsible to say it louder. You're responsible to get quieter. You want to hear God clear? You, you got to put some stuff down. No one told me to prepare for the storm. They just told me to prepare for success or to be successful. Ain't that what you go to school for? Ain't that what you're getting that degree for? To be successful. If you're in school, I want you to listen for the rest of the semester how many times your teachers say prepare for the storm. What if college had a course to teach you how to prepare for a life storm? You ready? Storms come to prove your faithfulness and prepare you for greatness. Storms come to prove you, not develop you. You get developed through the storm, but the storm does not merely come to develop you. What happens in a storm, storms expose your foundation. Pandemic exposed who we was before pandemic. It exposed what we depended on before pandemic. If your marriage was a hot mess before pandemic, now you got to sit in the house for a couple months with hot mess. Pandemic did not bring hot mess. It exposed hot mess. You ready? 
There's divine storms and there is mind storms. I just like, I just want everybody to read what's in white. That's all you, boo boo. That's all you, boo boo. Look at your neighbor and say, That's all you, boo boo. <laughs> listen, listen. There's storms. That <laughs> there is storms that God is not taking you through to grow you. God got me going through this because he got something great for me. No, you can get out of that storm today. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to be religious and tell you, oh, he know your heart. He trying to develop something in you. No, you better be a good storm watcher. You better learn how to determine if it's a storm you brought yourself into or God brought you into. Jesus was carried into the wilderness. <laughs> but there's some storms that you carried yourself into. Don't let the scapegoat be God's plan. No, Drake, you, 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 God got a plan, but it's not to do some of the stuff you're doing. It's a great song. Even us Christians be bumping it because he gave us something. Everybody know God's plan, right? God's plan. Yeah, I'm looking at some of y'all right now. We made, him, we made him rich. It's a dope song. I listen to it. I listen to it. I listen to it. But there's so much we just blame God on and we just accredit God for. That there's some stuff, man. My marriage was a hot mess in the beginning because not God was trying to build our marriage. That's not God building plan. We was a hot mess. And I didn't want to do certain things. And I was stubborn. She was stubborn. I still wanted to kick it and do what I wanted to do. And I wasn't letting go of ego. I wasn't letting go of my fears and insecurities. If you want to be married, put on your big boy draws. And change so you can lead your family. Take them little fruit of the looms off. <laughs> you you got to graduate to them sacks. That's what I'm saying. Them sacks. Them sacks. You got to get them sacks. You're still walking around in them Costco Joe Boxers. Nah, man. Pull it in. Pull it in. Pull it in. Amen. Amen. Nothing wrong with Joe Boxers. Anybody wear them? They're a good, good deal. They're a good deal. They're a good deal. They're a good deal. Listen, but I'm just saying, we got to grow up. What we do is we adopt these amazing ideas. But let me tell you, marriage is a God-given institute. Sorry what culture makes it. But be careful where you're leading somebody's daughter. Get over your stuff. Because she's not there to be your Jesus. Anybody remember Food of the Looms? <laughs> them be staining, them be staining, them be staining. 
sorry. Somebody wearing something right now, they like, oh man, I didn't know they was gonna come on my drawers. I'm not gonna talk about my drawers today. Hey, if I came down your row and them your drawers, I would keep listening because God just trying to get your attention. He about to say something. <laughs> Anybody wearing fruit of the loom today? God got a word for you. divine storms, and there is mind storms. Can you put down ego and admit to the storms you carried yourself into? And let me help you. If you got yourself in it, you can pull yourself out. Listen, you ready? But the same people that helped you get in the ditch aren't the same people that's going to help you out. So unless you're willing to change your support system, you're going to stay there. And sometimes support does not come in, come in babying. Sometimes it comes in challenging. What did Jesus say? Did Jesus pick up the lame man or did he say, pick up your mat? If you want to walk, then get up. And that's for you today. If you want to be better, pick up the word, act on it. True love doesn't make you do anything. God is not the one with a controlling spirit. There's divine storms and there is mind storms. The foundation we stand on is a matter of life and death when going through a storm. This is very important. Every decision you make, look at it this way, every decision you make or don't make every day is the raft that you're building to carry you through a storm. Every decision. And the question is, what kind of raft are you building yourself? See, because all you're going to have in the storm is what can stand the storm. So you might, to your friends and family, build this huge ship of stuff and false senses of security, but in the storm, you're going to be left with a noodle. <laughs> Can you see it? A noodle was not made for storms. It was made for pools. You know how silly you'll look in a storm with a noodle? He said the storm came, not the puddle. You're preparing for storms. And I'm not talking in a fearful way. What I'm saying is as long as we're in this world, you are going to go through some things. And then if there's anointing on your life, which it is, then attack has to come for the sake of the word, the Bible says. 
Storms come to expose foundations, not develop them. Storms can develop character, but storms just do not develop foundations. I'm talking about you can have good character and still build on sand. There's really great people building on sand. It is a firm foundation that allows us to develop a firm edifice. What you are trying to build right now with your life, my question, is what kind of foundation are you building on? If you're trying to build a family, what kind of foundation is you building your family on? You cannot build it on the same family you was built on if the foundation is not going to support your family. That's why you have to spend the time to get rid of, uproot, overthrow certain things in your life that was inherited through the family you was raised in. It is a firm foundation that allows us to develop a firm edifice. How we approach our next storm can determine how hard the storm really hits. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. How we approach the next storm is really determining how hard it hits. See, um, say you can, you can go punch Andrew. Just, ah, just Andrew, just, saga. Right? Now, I'm talking about a man who works out to make sure he has a foundation or anyone that works out in here, right? Anyone, comrade, run all the miles and, and all, all, all of you, any, everybody that works out, right? Or eat well, right? The way sickness hits a healthy body is totally different than a diet full of sugar and, right? Because you now give something, you ready? For the disease to feed off of. So when the storm of your life comes and hits you, what does it have to feed off of? A storm can only damage you if it had stuff to feed off of. So, so you go hit Andrew, but then hit somebody who don't work out at all. They just be smoking cigarettes all the time, drinking, and them, them legs get wobbly when you hit somebody that's out of shape. They just, oh, they just get dizzy. And you ain't get dizzy. Look, you're not dizzy because the punch was hard. <laughs> you can't take the hit. You're not built to take the hit. See, Success is not about people who know. Success is not about somebody that got a doctorate degree. There's people who have no degree that's extremely successful because they learn how to take the hit. Some of the greatest people are people who have to grow up in poverty and learn how to fight. And learn how to make it. Barely eating, but having ambition. Sleeping in their car just to make it. 
and they look back and they like, man, all of that. I think Lecrae got a, a song say, being broke made me rich. Right? Because what he went through, it didn't break him for failure. It broke him for success. So what you have to understand is you can't keep going through storms and not transforming. It's not good. Listen, going through a storm and adapting is different than going forming. What we learn how to do is adapt to storms. So the next storm, I got different coping mechanisms. No, the storm got to approach a brand new person. What are you built on? What are you built on? You can't be built on likes on social media. Likes don't hold you. Fans don't hold you. A million streams won't hold you. Streams don't save marriages. Likes won't make your wife happy. What are you striving for? What are you after? What are you such in a rush, hurry up happens, thinking it's going to bring you something or solve something? Listen, you ready for this? If God ain't solved it yet, she or he won't solve it. <laughs> I'm helping anybody that want to be helped tonight. A city that has... Listen, your infrastructure or your mindset will determine if you are wiped out or whipped in shape. Your infrastructure. How's the infrastructure of your soul? There's some tricks the devil just can't play on me and my family anymore. There's some taunts that don't get under my skin anymore. There's some people that don't bug me no more. And it wasn't because they changed. It was because I changed. Stop waiting for circumstances that may never change or stop waiting for people that may never change. And you change. Do not put your foundation in someone else's hands. You ready? Even my wife can't build my foundation. I have to build my foundation. We both have to build our foundation in who? The Lord. And this is where unequally yoke comes, is we're standing on two different foundations. You can't fall to pieces in a storm when you're already broken before the Lord. Selah. A storm can't break you if you live broken. It doesn't mean you don't learn lessons. It doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. That's not what I'm saying. But storms cannot shatter a person whose identity 
is in Jesus. Listen, you ready? You're never starting over when you're in Christ and a storm comes and takes everything. You're never starting over. Sow it a seed. If you're going through divorce, sow that family a seed. If you're losing a job, sow it a seed. You're learning. Remember last week, pause, process, pursue. Pause, process, pursue. It's never failure if you never go back. You experience failure, just what? Pause, process, and pursue. I want to give you, draw this picture for you, and then I'm going to ask some questions. We said we're approaching together. I just want to run off a few approaches in the Bible. I want you to see which one you identify yourself with, past, present, future, whatever. I call this one the David approach. Say the David approach. The David approach is you didn't mess with the wrong one. Remember, we're approaching a storm. So when a storm is coming or when someone is persecuting you, you got, do you have the mentality, you didn't mess with the wrong one. We ain't the one. We ain't the one. We ain't the one. This ain't that church. This ain't that. I'm not that pastor. I'm not that family. I'm not that businessman. You didn't mess with the wrong one. First Samuel 17 says, and David said to the men, standing by him what shall be done David is sent down in his mind he is going to give his brother some lunch because they've been taunted by Goliath for days out of the whole nation no one is willing to stand up to the Goliath of their generation they just want to have church he says what shall be done David they're persecuting him because he's coming to stand up. They think he has ulterior motives because he's come down to bring some sandwiches. And then it catches his eye, this fight. And he says, and David said to the men standing by him, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? Goliath is a storm. What shall be done? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Oh, I love the David approach. And the men told him, thus shall it be done for the man who kills him. And David said to Saul, your servant kept his father's sheep. And when there came a lion or again a bear, or again a bear, Storm after storm, relentless is he. And when there came a lion or again a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. Oh, man, it's such good stuff right here, Jesus. I went out after it. I went out after it. I ran towards the storm. I wasn't waiting for the storm. 
smote it and delivered the lamb out of its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and smote it and what? Killed it. You see it? He didn't put it in the back seat. He got rid of the stronghold. Your servant killed both the lion and the bear. And this what? This uncircumcised Philistine. He put his storm in place. Some of us blow our storms up. Some of us going through stuff we call problems that ain't problems. This uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them. Who is them? The lion, the bear, or a storm the Lord brought me out of before. If he did it before, he'll do it again. For, for he has defied the armies of the living God. Your storm will always kill you if you don't realize what the storm came for. I want to go back to this one spot. He says, first of all, David realized that there was a prize on the other side of the storm. You got to know you're fighting for something. Yeah. Or what's the point of fighting? And God don't mind you saying, what is this for? God don't mind you counting the cost. It's Bible. And he goes and says, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine? How do you see your storm? Do you see it impossible to go through? Have you made your storm a giant? Or do you see your, 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 your storm as an enemy to the Lord? You didn't mess with the wrong one. See, the devil, we used to say this back home. If the, if, if the enemy take one of ours, we're going to take a bunch of his. You mess with my mama, I'm about to go win some souls and snatch them out of the darkness. You want to know how to get pay the enemy back? Keep on winning souls and making disciples. <laughs> that shall it be done for the man who kills him. Then he goes forward and he says, Your servant kept the father's sheep, and when there came a lion or again a bear, and took the lamb out of the flock. I went after it. David went after it. He wasn't waiting timid. See, when you are prepared to face a champ, you go after the champ. All right, I'm not spending every day looking for a storm. But when I spend every day rooted, I'm always prepared for a storm. He says, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Bible says that the enemy comes immediately after the word for the word. Mark 4 says it. The enemy comes immediately for the what? Word. You notice he don't come for you. He comes for the word that was planted in you. Because if you don't have the word... What kind of house are you building? Sand. (laughs) 
This is something that you have to realize. Here's the David mentality. The battle is for something bigger than you. In the storm, if all you're fighting for is you and your survival, it's going to get really tough to come out. The only reason Jesus carried that cross and hung on it is he didn't see his pain. He saw your loss. What carried Jesus through that moment was you. What you've been fighting, this is like a mother who's fighting for her children. What are you fighting for when you're going through tough times? Are you trying to save embarrassment? That's all about you. Winning battles cause you to look silly sometimes. What are you fighting for? To keep a bank account at a certain level? What are you fighting for? Are you fighting for a generation? Are you trying to get sober for generations to come? What are you protecting your finances for, protecting your family for? What are you waking up fighting for? What has kept me and my household sane, me and my wife, me and some of these leaders, is because we've been fighting trying to make sure you don't lose it. And I wouldn't have made it through this pandemic if I was just worried about my address. But every day I was consumed trying to hear, Lord, how do we lead your people? See, the enemy wants you to focus on you and your address, you and your job, and you never answer the why. When you're raising kids, you have to raise your kids for something bigger than their address. Raise your kids to help their generation. It's bigger than you. That's why he says, you have perfect peace whose eyes stay on me. Even as I'm looking at this light right now, you ready for this? If I look at this light long enough, I don't even care how close you are. I can't see you. The light blinds me. And you ready for this? If I look at it long enough, even if I look down at you, my eyes have to adjust to see you. He said, fix your eyes on me. So even when you do go, do go look at your problems, you got to adjust your sight to even see them. <laughs> you ready for this? It works in reverse. If you keep focusing on your problem, everything, even the blessing begins to look like a problem. God sends people in your life to bless you, and all of a sudden, you've made them a problem. <laughs> you've turned a blessing into a problem. You've turned accountability into control. Because you've been looking as a victim for too long, you can't even see help. But I'm going to just keep looking at the light. Blind me with your grace, Lord. The Lord has already prepared you for the battle. David was prepared. You notice he said the lion and the bear he fought. 
So I know I can face this uncircumcised Philistine. You have to make it, not that you have to make it, you have to face battles and win them because when you face other battles in the future, you need a resume of victory to pull from. That's why you got to stop forfeiting battles. You have to begin to build a resume of victory. Next question. Have you been called to go through this battle? You ready for this, Morella? You ready for this? Some battles you actually don't have to go through because God is not calling you into the storm. Let me help you out. There's them phone calls you take, and then you're mad two hours later because you sat on them. That wasn't a phone call you were supposed to take. You're sitting in your car all night, now you're mad you drained, don't have no energy. That wasn't a battle you're supposed to go in. But there's something inside you need that because somehow you feel purpose by being a trash can. Codependency. question is, have God called you to go through that thing? Here you are. I want to free somebody today. You say, God, have you did this? God told you to do that, right? I've been there. You ready? The blessing of the Lord makes rich, adds no sorrow. You want to know how? You want to know how? You want to know how you know God has brought that blessing to you? It's not adding sorrow. Listen, storms don't always equate to sorrow. But when your boat keep on going in circles, you're anchored to something that's called to bring you frustration. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds what? No sorrow. And you ready for this? Where you care, read to the battle. How much you care about something takes you into battles that you weren't called to be in. I'm trying to help somebody. Your care for people get you in situations that you weren't made to get people out of. <laughs> what? That's why the Lord says, cast all your cares upon me. There's nothing that you care about that I can't handle. Care is very dangerous emotion. Elder John, can I talk? Thank you. He said yes. Care is a very dangerous emotion. Have you ever been in something where it seems like the other person you're caring for cares less? And what's left? You're drained. You ever keep pouring and 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 caring 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 and caring. And you're just like, one day, 
that's not God. Your care has attracted battles that you were not created to be in. And you're asking God to save you. It don't work that way. Last person, I got like 10 of them. We're going to go over them in 7.30. I've got one more. The Mary approach. I call the Mary approach the if you say so. Then Mary said, behold, I am a handmaiden of the Lord. Let me tell you something. If somebody come and ask you, and an angel come to you and say, you about to be pregnant, and you ain't got to have sex, that's a storm. Yeah, Okay. That's a storm. Go tell your husband, baby. We, go tell your fiance, you pregnant. <laughs> go, go post that. Go post that tomorrow. Girl, world, I want to tell you I'm pregnant, I ain't, but I ain't had sex with nobody. That's a storm. Imagine if, so, if, there, if they had phones and social media back then when Mary, Mary came out talking about she was pregnant. Listen what she said. Let it be done to me according to what you have said. And the angel left her. You want to know what the Lord's waiting for? Is your let it be so. Mary's storm really didn't last that long. She just surrendered and said, Lord, if you called me to it, you must are going to carry me and you're going to show people that I'm not crazy. You're going to speak to the proper people to confirm. So the angel did not only tell her, but he spoke to her husband. Are you saying that, Lord? Whatever it takes, I just want to please you. Let it be so. Say if you say so. What hinders obedience? See, every week we go through this, I want to get real. And if anything get evil, we'll deal with it. Right? The anointing is in this place. But I want to get real. I don't want you talking in the third person. Real. What hinders obedience? All these people moving because a mic is coming down your way. What hinders obedience? Elder Roseanne. Come on, we, 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 need, we, need, we need it for the streamers. Can, can Elder Roseanne get a mic, please? No, but no, Elder Roseanne, they can't hear you, Elder Roseanne. The people on the stream. Pride. Huh? That pride. Pridefulness hinders us from being obedient. Pride. Pride coupled with fear. 
pride coupled with fear. Yes. Has that ever been They're a part? They're power that, twins. They power <laughs> twins. She's speaking. She's speaking. Pride and fear. Has that ever hindered you? Absolutely. That's why I'm saying it. There we go. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Listen, that, that for sure hinders me. That, that's, I, I like to call that the Pharaoh, the, 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 um, the, the, the Pharaoh, just one more night with the frogs. Just one more night with the plague. Lord, booty one more night, booty one more night. How many ever said booty one more night? Come on, fellas. Yeah, exactly, Andrew. I knew I was going to call you out anyway. No, I'm just saying, amen. Amen. <laughs> one more hit, just one more hit. Anybody, one more hit, one more snort, one more pop, one more shot. Anybody, one more. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for your honesty. All these say religious folks up in here. Well, maybe they didn't say one more. Maybe you still drink it. Maybe you still drink Maybe, maybe I don't know. But anybody ever have a one more? Any here you go. Ain't it crazy how you doing how you in the middle of your sin and you know it's wrong? I'm gonna sit down because I just see some some enactment right now. I don't wanna I don't wanna act out what I just saw. Ain't it funny? I sit down, sit down right now, just cross my legs. Anybody, what stops your obedience? One right here. Uh, uh, right here. Creep up on him, creep up on him. That middle aisle. It just takes a while because we socially distanced. Um, thinking that you can say no and Lord in the same sentence. Say that again. Thinking that you can say no and Lord in the same sentence. Thinking you can say no and Lord in the same sentence. Elaborate on that, because that's, that's, I like deep things. Go ahead. If, if you call Jesus Lord, then anything he tells you to do, you should just do it. Yeah, we, we tend to question. We want to know the, the reason why, but that's not his responsibility to, he's given us reason in his word to yeah. trust him. Yeah, yeah. That, that is so good. If you want a reason why, he's building trust. We can say no and then call him Lord. If God cannot have his way in your life, he is not the Lord of your life. Let's get that straight. Jesus is Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, bless this food for the nourishment of our body. We thank you in the name of Jesus. I wouldn't even waste my time praying to somebody I don't want to obey. That's silly. I'm, I'm trying to get the psychotic out of Christianity. I'm trying to get the bipolar out of Christianity. If you save what you save from, if you in love with Jesus, do it look like it. If he asks you to do something, it don't, Mary asked questions, but it was to just get an understanding like God, like she had a reason to ask a question. How this going to work? Because biologically, scientifically, and all the leaves, Bruce leaves, all the leaves, it, you have to, we got to have sex. We have to have an exchange. So how am I going to get pregnant and be the first and the only woman to ever get pregnant without having sex? Some of us questioning God 
Well, he just like, I need you to go to church today. I need you to start serving. I need you to give. You sure about that, God? We asking God questions about stupid stuff. And you know how people say it ain't nothing stupid. No, this stupid. God, you've called me to be this, but why I got to put this down? God, I could pastor and smoke crack. No, no, you can't. In the back. sinning also then then again you think about God and what he would say and also what I believe it was Peter who was talking about um, yes you believe in God but you say no I'm, I was thinking also double-mindedness might also be you know a left curve to a swerve to obedience in that case double-mindedness hinders obedience yeah. it's not a stable foundation Double-mindedness. Anyone? Right there in the back. My mans. Don't be scared, mama. He's working on his preaching voice. He's working on his preaching voice. Um, I'm going to say comparisons when we look at other people's lives. And you know how you're always talking about that chip that we try to, like, put on the front for everybody. That what? The ship that we always okay, try to I'm make. Just, just trying to make sure yeah. we're hearing you right. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just, like. We compare, our, we compare our problems and we look at other people's lives and we're saying, well, they don't have to be obedient to any God, yet they're still getting the blessings. But we're, we're going through it and a lot of people might not know, but then we turn around and say, well, why do I got to be obedient? I haven't been getting any blessings yet. Come, man, that's a killer right there. That's wisdom right there. We look at other people that in other religions, we, we look at other people, man, their family is good, they don't got to do all of this. And you're comparing. But what is God calling you to do? What is he calling you to do? Thank God he ain't called us all to do, to do everything the same. What kind of world would that be in? You ever see those? Like, one thing I love, like, over, you see China, the, the, the Chinese army or something like that, right? And you see everybody. <laughs> and you'll see thousands of people, like, on the dime turning at the same time. You'll go up and yell at one of them. And everybody just looks like this. And they can stand there for eight hours. That's awesome and honorable for that. But what if the whole world was just like, and everybody danced the same? What if everybody was dark skin or light skin or what if every, no, what if everybody worked at the same job? What if everybody made computers? Like, they, they, we need these differences. And the fact that you are looking at another family, another coworker, another person, you are totally abandoning who you are created to be. So let's deal with the root issue. You don't like yourself. 
you walk around acting like you all that, but you don't even like yourself. That's why you comparing yourself. You mad at God because he called you to be that. If you wasn't, you would accept it. Get out of other people's address. Maybe their marriage don't work. Maybe their job isn't working. Have you ever thought they may not be happy? Do you live with them? Do you know the problems they're going through? You've bought in for this social media image that people's reality is what you see on social media. No, man. No. You rarely meet very authentic people to where what you see in public, you can go home and see that same love. But I do believe it's God's will that we could say, as Paul said, imitate me. Can your life look like you in a way where you can say, imitate me? I'm safe to say, imitate me. I'm safe to say, love your spouse like I love my spouse. I'm safe to say, father, like I father. Like, can you get to that point where you're like, flaws and all? Imitate me. Paul had the audacity to tell believers, you can imitate me. And every last one of your lives should look like that. I'm talking about imitate you Monday to Saturday. Not Sunday, because quite frankly, we all kind of look alike on Sunday. Amen, Pastor, hallelujah, hallelujah. Then we cussing folks out, we angry, we controlling, we, we, we backbiting, we, we, we bad stewards, we, we mistreat our spouses, we, we beat on, like there's all kinds of, it's abusive pastors out there. There's pastors lead a pulpit and go watch porn. Or watch porn and come out on the pulpit. That's what I told you. Just elbows. How you doing, man of God? Mm -hmm. I rebuke that porn spirit. I, I can't. I, mm -mm. It perverts, it tears up families, it messes up mindsets. And you expect your, your spouse to do all them tricks. Man, those folks is, is on, on drugs. Your wife ain't going to have to, don't, don't come talk about tie me up. Why is pastor dealing with this? Because it's killing a whole lot of Christians. A whole lot of deacons. Oh, nasty deacons. Not you, Roger. Not you, Roger. Amen. <laughs> Anybody else? It's because God loves you. Anybody else? Yes, right here. You quit, girl. <laughs> yeah, I'm in total agreement. My first pick for myself would have been pride and fear. It came to my mind. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, secondly, that comes to my mind is doubt and distractions. Just doubting yourself, doubting God, doubting those around you even. Um, and I think that's just uh, distractions as well can come in yeah. with that. You start doubting that, yeah. and then you allow other things to come in and fill that. Um, where God was only intended to fill those spaces and places in your life. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it just becomes a whole, that just stems into a whole 
a whole disillusion of who you are, who God is, who those around you are, yeah. and uh, takes you into a whole other facade yeah. and masquerade, and it just leads one thing to another. So that just keeps us in a place of just um, hostage and yeah. captivity, and uh, and yeah. Um, how many, is there anyone, if you were brutally honest, that your obedience, disobedience may come from, you really have not yet fully believed that God is who he says he is. You still, you right, like right now, like while you're worshiping, you still, absolutely, come on. I think um, I think there's Help layers, us out, there's Help layers us out. to this thing. And so there may be something that you have overcome um, and you're like, no, now God, you have proven yourself. And that's the problem is we're always asking God to prove himself to us instead of us getting over our fear, our yeah. doubt, our worry, our anxiety, and just actually taking the word for what it is and trusting in what he says trusting in who he is and I know for myself still there are things that I have overcome but there are areas where I'm challenged moments when my anger will flare up moments when my anxiety will try to rear its head again not mine but anxiety and fear my old man will try to come up and be like haha I'm back and it's like no but I have to ask myself do I really trust that God is who he says he is in this area where I've gotten freedom, where I've gotten victory, have I allowed myself to truly overcome and to trust that it is finished? Yeah. Yeah. See, see, I think what you're talking about is different than what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about do I believe God can come through. I'm talking about do I even believe that he is God? Do I believe that Jesus is really Lord of my life? Do I really, do I really, this is, a, this is a very touchy one for people. Do I really believe he's the only way, truth, and life? Because I'm going to tell you this. If you are struggling with even believing he is who we say he is, all this other stuff, foundational tracks, and we need to deal with that. Because you don't have a chance not even believing that he is or he is the I am. Bernadette, if you can make sure that we let people in, we probably got like 10 or 12 more minutes. I want to do something really quickly. Do, um, let people, you guys can come back for 7.30 or tonight it might be 7.40, but we're going to continue. We've got some good stuff, and if not, good. Amen. Thank you for coming. But can you make sure that people can come in from the side and go downstairs if people come early so they're not standing outside so they can go into downstairs? Amen. Um, is that it for anybody? No, no, no. No, no, no. The, the, the answer is, or, or the question that I'm asking is that a reason why you may not obey? Is I don't even know if I believe, period. 
I know that's a tough one to probably answer publicly. I would, if you want prayer around that, I would love for you to just hit that text message or something because we don't we don't want you stuck. It, but it also doesn't matter how much information we provide you. You just have to believe. There's things that even when I come across the word or there's questions that people have, sometimes I don't have the answer. I'm like, I just believe my God is a loving God, and that's not. Like when people are like, why would he kill all, all those? No, God ain't kill nobody. I believe, my, I, I believe the love of God so strongly that when people are like, he took my mama. No, he didn't take her. He received her. He didn't take her. Because if, if God is killing folks, then what the devil doing? No, God received. It must have been his time. Nope, it wasn't his time. No, nah, it wasn't his time to die at nine years old by a gunshot. Somebody killed that kid. I'm, I'm okay with believing it wasn't his time. I don't have to resolve that everything is God's will. Because I cannot possibly think that God is allowed, that he allowed, right? But he, God didn't kill that kid. But he loved, how do you explain that to a mother? But what we try to do is dumb God down and just, well, I guess it was this time. No, it wasn't my uncle's time to, be, to die to colon cancer. Uncle ate too much fried food. And we're putting death on God. And we want people to serve him. We want people to come to church and receive a God who you might as well just go be one of, one of these levels of Muslims that strap bombs around them in the name of God. Well, if he was real, then why all of this stuff happening? Because the devil real too. But the beautiful part about it is we can be in this world and this world don't have to be in us. That we can deal with trauma in joy and with gladness and with hope. We can be sad, but we don't have to be depressed. We see a way out. I want to do something that I've never done, but it's always a first. Here, I love quest. And those that can pray efficiently, you may not have a problem with this, but I just feel like I want to pray for some folks. And what I want to do is whatever it is that you would like us to pray about, um, I need you to pull your phone out really quickly and I want you to text it in a few words. And what I'm going to do, we're going to all take a moment to pray over those things, and we're going to close. And that text, that, tech, that number is right there. And um, if one of you can bring me um, you could do it, Sion. Grab a mic, and I want you to read the things out. You don't have to read the names of the people, just... Freedom from porn. You're going to yell it out. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. <laughs> Amen. 
Don't say the name. Don't say the name. Don't say the name. Let me tell you something. You are free. That is not a lie. I don't care what you're dealing with. I do care if you're trying to avoid it. I do care if you're trying to call it something else. No, if you're dealing with anger, if you're dealing with rage, if you're dealing with, 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 with insecurity, if you're dealing with fear, call it what it is. But then don't call it what it is just to be honest or just to be real. Call it what it is and actually allow it to break your heart that you're offending someone that really loves you. God loves you. If I, if I say something crazy to my wife, and let me tell you, some of the stuff we used to say to each other, we, we, we don't say none of that stuff no more. We really do, like we really like each other. But even a little strife in between us, for whatever reason, it actually does break my heart. Not merely because I just want to make up. No, it's because we're allowing something to come in between us and God. It ain't just between her and I. It's between us and God. And what you have to understand is your sin is not stopping you from getting to heaven, but it is stopping heaven from getting through you. Who are you that a man would die for you? Even as I'm talking, you could just text. That's what I'm talking for. Give you some time to text. Who are you that someone wants to, that someone died for you, one? Who are you that someone wants to hang out with you? The Lord actually wants to hang out with you. Who are you that a holy God wants to spend time with you? How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself so precious that it required someone's life for you? Strip yourself from what the world thinks you are and what your mama says you are and what your culture says you are. You are a royal priesthood. You are precious. And God is protecting you. He's watching over you and he brought you in here tonight to say you can't hide. I'm here for you. you Jesus see this is why we can't when we, when church doors open and that's why we can't have 10 services a day from you know one at 8 one at 9 15 we can't do that you got it you got anything yeah. can you just read them off really quick and, and what she's gonna do is is I'm gonna let her read off a few and then I'll say pray and then we'll take 60 seconds and just pray over those things. You don't know who they are. Don't ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you who it is. <laughs> and when you leave, don't ask your friend, was that you? Go ahead. To fully believe in Jesus. Lust and lustful thoughts. Fear from freedom from fear, low esteem and jealousy. Okay, give me those three. Number one. To fully believe in Jesus. To fully believe in Jesus. 
to fully believe in Jesus. Let me help you really quickly. You're not going to fully believe in Jesus till you try him with the belief you got. He says, all you need is faith as a mustard seed. Just give me the little bit, and I will be faithful to prove myself in the little. And as you try me in the little, through your faith, the little you have. My faith is not where it is because it's where it started. I tried God, and I was like, whoa, look at him do what he do. And in relationship, it grows. Me and my wife's marriage is not as strong as it is as it was the first. Well, it, it's, it was never this strong. But we develop trust. So don't expect faith to increase without you just using the faith you have. Try God where you are. And number two. Lust and lustful thoughts. Lust and lustful thoughts. Can I help you out with that? You may Lustful thoughts may never get rid of, may never stop coming into your head. But you got to stop feeding your lustful thoughts. I mean, come on, man, like I've shared before. I'll be in the grocery store. I'll be in line. Little old lady be in front of me. And just something pop up my head. Push her. <laughs> Guess what I got to, should I just go push her? No, for me, I go to jail. Right? But what do I got to do? I'll laugh. Get behind me, Satan. Whatever it is. You're in a world where you see, you hear, sound waves have Thoughts are coming. So my prayer is not for you to stop having lustful thoughts. My prayer is that you develop the will to put them lustful thoughts in their rightful place under your feet. And then number three. Freedom from fear, low self-esteem, and jealousy. Freedom from fear, low self-esteem, is jealousy. Absolutely, we will pray for that. But here's another thing. For God did not give you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. What I believe is sometimes we read that and we think, God, the fear, fear is going to leave. No, the fear that's knocking at your door, that's not God, so don't open. But power, love, and a sound mind is knocking at the same door. Let him in. So my prayer is not that you just fight every day not trying to be afraid. My prayer is that you walk in power, love, and a sound mind. Amen. And then as you begin to make, the, and you don't make decisions out of fear. Bible said, let peace rule as an umpire. Fear is all around us. Some of you work for fear-driven companies. We're going through the pandemic led by fear. Fear is all around. It's not going anywhere. But this is the power of Jesus, that you can be surrounded by fear but not moved by fear. Right. right? So when we pray in here, we more so will pray the Word of God. I'm not going to say, God, take fear away. But I will pray, God did not give me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I am no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I've been adopted, and the Holy Spirit is in me to confirm such a thing. I pick up peace, and I put down anxiety. Right, my eyes stay fixed. Let's pray. Let's pray for those. Let's pray for those.
take every thought. Take every thought that's rising itself up against you, Lord God. And we take it captive to the word of God. We put lust under our feet. We put insecurity under our feet. We put low self-esteem under our feet. And we don't just put it under our feet, but we pick up confidence. We pick up courage. We pick up faith. We pick up power. We pick up a mind of Christ, Lord God. We put on the helmet of salvation tonight in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for it. We put on the breastplate of righteousness. We declare we are covered by the blood. We declare we are sons and daughters of the Most High. We declare we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We declare that we are more than conquerors. We declare that we are overcomers by faith. We declare no weapon formed against us shall prosper in the name of Jesus. Zion. Rid from suicidal thoughts. Praying to be freed from selfishness. Nah, let's go back to that last one. Spirit of death must let you go now. I command you to live and not die in the name of Jesus. We bind the spirit of suicide and we lose life in this place. We declare you shall live. We declare you shall live. We declare you shall live. You will not just get by, but you will live a fruitful life in the name of Jesus. We command the spirit of death to let my people go in the name of Jesus. You are the healed and not the sick. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. We thank you for it now. Live now. Live now and forevermore. Live a fruitful life. Live a prosperous life. In Jesus' name, we speak life over every last one of you tonight. Suicide can drive down your street, but it won't see you. Sion. Marriage to be led by a man of God. Yes. Mental health and addiction. Marriage to be led by a man of God. Mighty man of God, rise up in the name of Jesus. Can I get all the men in here to stand up? I declare in the name of Jesus that we have mighty men of God who love their household, but they love God more. We have mighty men of God who will put God first in Jesus' name. Men of valor, men of faith, men of courage in the name of Jesus. We declare that as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Say that with me, men. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord all the days of my life Jesus name 
I bind the spirit of insecurity in every man in here. I bind the spirit of worry in every man in here. You're not identified by your career. You're not identified by your swag. You are identified because you are a man of God. You are a son of God. You are mighty. You are faithful. You are courageous. You shall live and not die. You are the priest of your household, the prophet of your household, the apostle of your household, the teacher in your household. You are your children's hero because they see faith. And I declare whoever your wife is, whoever your children is, they will see God through you. I declare we have men who aren't afraid to worship, men who aren't afraid to dance in the glory of God, men who aren't afraid to prophesy over their spouses, men who aren't afraid to read their word, to declare their word, to lead their family. Mighty men of God. Say, I'm a mighty man of God. See on. You can give me, you can give me, you can give me two more and we're going to close and let the 730 come in. You can be seated, man. Families, salvation, healing, and restoration. Say that again. Families, healing, sorry, family, salvation, healing, and restoration. We declare household salvation. The book of Acts gives us a picture of this. The book of Acts shows us a mighty man, two mighty men of God who are obedient to God. On the way, there was some persecution, but they had a vision of a man who said, come and save my family. And it was the jail seller. And he didn't know who he was locking up. <laughs> was about to come and change his entire family. So I speak it in this room. And I speak household salvation over every last one of you. I declare because of the God that is in you, on you, around you, that there is not a soul in your family that will be lost to the pit of hell. Your son is coming home. Your daughter is coming home. Your brother, your sister, your auntie, your uncle, your grandpa, your grandma, everybody, your cousins, I declare household salvation. They will know Jesus. They will know Jesus. They will declare that they will know Jesus. They will live for Jesus. None left behind. So we take off worry, Lord, and we surrender our family at the altar tonight. We surrender our family at the altar tonight. We, we, we surrender their addictions to you tonight, Lord God. Vengeance is not ours. It is yours. Thank you for it. We speak to the spirit of Goliath. Some may say, who is that? What is that? It's an, a spirit of intimidation. Don't you dare another day be afraid of your success. You are great. God has called you. You are anointed. You are different. 
Sometimes he'll intimidate, the spirit will intimidate us into a place of always having to be around people because we're afraid of being alone. In Jesus, you will never be alone. There's always family. There's always friends. I declare deaf and dumb spirit is broken. The days of not being able to hear God's voice is broken. And every foul spirit that has tormented any, any one of you and commanded every sexual spirit broken, every addictive personality and spirit, the spirit of pharmakia broken in Jesus' name. Incubus and succubus, that spirit is broken in the name of Jesus. I declare God is coming to clean up your dreams in the name of Jesus broken in Jesus name. Thanks for joining us. Stay connected with us by following us on social media at LoveQuest INTL Church. And if you're in the Vancouver area and would like to be a part of the Good Life Support Group community, head on over to our website, lovequestchurch.com and RSVP to come join us in person. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day. And in the meantime, get your love fixed, man.